morning, good morning. So I'm going to introduce our uh, guest speaker who is now on staff here with us in just a second. But um, well, welcome. Glad you guys are here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming. Those of you who are watching us online, thanks for engaging with us. So I want to encourage you guys again, just to be praying in Division Sunday. And as you're just kind of between now and then, I want you just to begin to recall some of the scriptures in the New Testament that talk about what the church is actually supposed to be doing. That talks about what the church is supposed to look like. And so what would it look like if we actually got back to more of that? Could maybe the reason that the church isn't having the effect on the planet that the early church did, maybe precisely because of the way we're doing things. Maybe the answer to the city's problem isn't doing more of the same thing, just doubling our efforts or throwing more money at it or trying to get more people to do more of the same thing. Okay, I want you guys just to begin to dream and just see what if there's, there's some things in the New Testament that God has actually commanded us to do. <laughs> What if following his ways are actually the way? All right, so are you guys getting a little nervous? Good, that means you're listening, all right? Maybe some are, maybe some are excited. All right, that's good, good. Nervous excitement. So all right, I just encourage you to start thinking about some of those pictures. Start, start reading the New Testament with those lens and say, what, what are we actually supposed to be doing? And what if we did that and didn't do the other things? <clears throat> okay, here we go. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm excited to uh, introduce uh, Derek. He's going to bring the thunder. He's going to bring the lightning. And so let's give a Zion welcome to Derek Williams. My oh, man. Hallelujah. All week I was in prayer and the Lord was bringing a vision to my heart. And in the vision, he was showing me the throne room. And around the throne room, there was, of course, the 24 elders that were bowing and casting their crown. But there was something interesting that he had me zero in and focus in on. It was the lightning and thunder that proceeded from the throne. It was so much happening. It's like a storm, a perfect storm that was happening. And God began to tell me that there's a storm coming to our nation. And this storm is not like what we think a storm should be. This storm that's coming is a storm of his presence. <laughs> this storm that's coming is a storm of his presence. There will be lightning, there will be thunder, there will be miracles, there will be wonders. There will be a sea of glass. There will be a church that's burning with the same desire that burns in the eyes of Jesus. That same flame that, that he pierced our bodies and our minds and he gazed into our hearts and he says that we are his that same fire will burn throughout this nation and around the world and that storm is going to produce rain and he said to me that rain is droplets that rain is the sound of my children going around the world into the dry areas of communities Can you hear the sound 
as people that are dry in their hearts and dry in their spirit, they'll begin to come alive because in the throne room, there is a beauty. There's, there, there's, there's a rainbow of mercy. And as we be the droplets that go, his promise is they will see the rainbow. They will see the beauty of God. They will see the mercy and they will begin to cast the crown that they didn't think they have. They'll begin to cast it at the feet of the one that sits on the throne. And he's gonna restore first place on their heart, Jesus. Are you ready? See, many are followers. It don't take much to be a follower. But there has to be a transformation from, from follower to disciple. Many people followed Jesus. Many people followed the Messiah. There was Pharisees and Sadducees that they weren't looking to follow for the right reasons. There was many that followed because the man could multiply a lunch. He could take a boy's lunch and, and flip it around and feed a multitude. So many people said, I want to follow that. Some followed because he healed people. He spoke his word and healed people. And many got caught up in the miracles and said, I want to follow that. Something happened in Luke chapter 14. The multitude was following Jesus. And he stopped and he turned around and he looked at them and he said something that addressed it, something that was on his heart, that was on his heart day and night, that was on his heart when he came to this earth and was on his heart when he went to the cross. He said, if any man comes after me, and he began to say, what's so important and what is so necessary today. He doesn't mind the miracles. He don't mind the wonders. He don't mind that you follow him because he fed you. He don't mind those things. Don't get caught up in coming to Zion because you've seen the healing break out. That's wonderful, but it's so much more. There's so much more than watching people get out of wheelchairs and watching cancer dry up. There's a purpose behind the motive of Jesus. He said, there's so much more. What are you willing to let go of for me? What are you willing to say no to for me? See, some things are easy to say no to. But Jesus began to address something that was so dear to the people's heart because the Jewish community is a tight-knit community. They love their mothers. They love their fathers. They love their children. They love their spouse. And he began to say something that radically changed everything, that shook everybody up. Remember, everything in the kingdom of God is different from the kingdom we came out of. See, when I was lost and didn't know who God was, when I said the word hate, I had venom behind it. When I said hate, I looked at the person and I said, I hate that person. But Jesus is not that he loved, he is love. So when Jesus says to hate, oh, 
You got to come up to where he's at. You got to look through the eyes of Jesus. What is he really saying? Because Jesus loves people. But he said, if you're going to follow me, you got to be willing to hate what I hate. You got to be willing to, to receive the, the idea that my stake in your life is greater than mom's. My stake in your thought process it must be greater than your wife and your husband. It's got to be greater than your little sons and daughters. Because if it's not, we'll repeat what Moses, we'll repeat what Moses did. He struck the right rock instead of speaking to it. We'll repeat what Adam did, who ate with his wife, who was with him, and said, I'm going to love the gift more than the giver. He must be first. Say first. first. And greatest. What he's saying is anything that challenges love has to be put in its place. Remember, he's not saying get rid of it. There's things that God loved that he's not saying. He's not saying be rude to your husband, be rude to your wife, and thumb your nose at your mom and dad say, I don't want nothing to do with you. That's not what he's saying. He's saying when you know what love is, He said, hold to that as it holds to you. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 36 and 37. Peter was preaching. <laughs> he was preaching the crucifixion. He was preaching which has happened with Jesus. He said to them, you have crucified the Messiah, the Lord, you have crucified. He's God. I'm paraphrasing. And the words were so powerful that it began to cut the people at the heart. It began to cut the people who were, weren't thinking of loving God, wouldn't think about loving Jesus. It began to pierce and cut their heart in such a great way that they said, what can we or what must I do? See, when your heart is open, God can go to the dry areas of your heart. They said, what must I do? They, they took everything in their life and said, it's all available, God. Everything is on the table. What must I do? And see, I can't tell yours testimony. I can only tell mine. I remember when I first fell in love with Jesus. It was way different than when I first said yes. And I'm going to explain this. Because when I first said yes, I was looking for fire insurance. I just didn't want to go to hell. See, the problem with just not wanting to go to hell is 
I'm not looking for love. Who all the salespeople in here? See, one of my history, I used to be a salesperson. I had a lot of things. One thing I was good at was I was an interior designer. I did housework and design work in the house. I know, I, I, you will never know, right? And I was very good at it. <laughs> I was an interior designer for Kittles, if you remember that store. Hinderdon, Alexander Julia, all that furniture, I sold it all. Uh, Eight-way hand tie, spring construction. Yes, I know what all that is. Baseball stitching, you know, you know flex steel frame. I, I was great at it. And a customer would come in, and they would come to me, and they'd run, you know, that walk we have when we got one mind. I just want to get this and get out. Paper balled up in their hand, and they're moving fast. And I'll greet them at the door, excuse me, excuse me. I just want to get this. I just want to get this. No, thank you. I'm just looking. And they go right to the bargain basement, cheap magazine furniture. $9.99 for the whole set. And I begin to explain to them, well, well there's so much more. Let me tell I don't want to hear that. I just, I just come for this. Sometimes I think that's how we do with Jesus. I mean, there, there's so much more to Jesus. See, he says, there's so much that you have not tapped into. Let me explain. We say, look here, I'm just here for the fire insurance. Not, I'm not really looking for grace, mercy. And if you keep putting pressure on me, I'm going to quit. I'm going to walk out of here. I'm going to go do something else. There's somebody else that's selling fire insurance. But he, here's something I want to explain to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 says, we have received God's spirit. And then he goes on to say, so we can know the wonderful things of God that he has for us freely to give. Say freely. freely. Things. things. See, there's so much of God that's free. Uh, who likes free stuff? Come on, we'll wrap a line around the building ten times for something free. If it's free, it's for me. I'll stand out there all day, all night, I'll, I'll switch places with my wife if it's free. I mean, we get strategic. You, you go here, you go here, you go here. They say we can only get one free thing, so let's five, all five of us go, and all five of us get something free. But things that are free sometimes cost you the most. See, free things don't mean cheap. It's free to receive, but some things are going to cost you everything. Work at McDonald's and I'll give you a free Lamborghini. See how much that's going to cost you to fix every year. You'll be driving it back to my porch and say, here, I don't want to be responsible for this debt. Am I right? So some things that are free cost you something. You have to count the cost. Uh-oh. Say free. free. Doesn't, mean Doesn't mean I don't have to count the cost. Amen.
See, the Holy Spirit is the escort to the abundance of God's heart. See, that's why he says everything's free. Because, see, he, he, he got to give you something to give you access. See, if, if the Holy Spirit, you have to work for it, if, you have to work for access to something that God wants to freely give you. So, so we cannot teach it wrong that you got to earn this thing because if you got to earn it, now you're on probation to receive something that God want to graciously give you for free. He want to give you his love for free. He want to give you mercy for, for, for free. Are you with me? He want to give you the abundance that flows from his heart for free. But if you have to earn it, some of us will get tired in the earning process and never receive what God says, I freely desire to give. It's the escort. Are you with me online? See, the free gifts give you access into his heart through discipleship. <laughs> Somebody say, I got to be discipled. Disciple. See, most, not you, but your neighbor. <laughs> most people get saved and that fire hits our heart. I'm ready to go do everything for Jesus. You go home, all you know is God saved you know, God for loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes upon him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If, okay, I'm ready to go fight the devil now. I got this one truth, and I'm ready to go. Or, or some people may not even come looking for anything to do with Jesus, but they like the hand. They like the fact that, wow, Jim, he preaches with so much clarity and power about finances. And, man, I want to have this going there. So, so we're, we're attracted to the things that are just a byproduct of his heart. He says, this thing that's beating in my chest, everything that, that, that says you love about me flows from here. But if you never tap into this, you'll never grow up in the truth. And then when finances is not great anymore, now it's time to go somewhere else. Or when healing's not the thing no more, then it's time to go do something else. Because you have not tapped into the source that everything flows from. I mean, if you can get a picture of this, Jesus walking, I mean... Here's a multitude of people following him. I mean, can I go to the restroom? I mean, they're just following him. I mean, pushing and shoving. Is, is it dinner time yet? He's got to multiply somebody. You got your lunch. I mean, they're following for all kind of reasons, and they're not bad reasons, but they're not the one thing. He says, hold on now. He turns around. Got you. Everybody's following me now. I'll stop, turn around. Now you got to come. Are you with me? Now I'm going to share to you why I fed him, why I healed him. Are you with me? I heard a baby say amen. amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say it cost me something. Turn to Luke chapter 14, verse 25 through 33. A large crowd traveling with Jesus. I mean, that's an entourage. I used to think MC Hammer had one. <laughs> I mean, he went broke trying to take care of his whole entourage. Jesus, money never runs out. I mean, he go in that fish, get that coin. We're going to keep this party going. 
I mean, those kind of miracles will make you say yes. <laughs> I mean, we have not another broke day in the world following this man. Are you with me? It's so easy to get caught up in the experience of church. It's so easy to every day say, oh, what is God about to do next that will benefit my life? The problem with that is if he's benefiting someone else's life and not yours, oh, the glory has gone. I got to go somewhere else. No, 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 no. You have to be discipled. Because his promise is not every day is going to be perfect every single day of your life on this earth. Show me one disciple that didn't go through something. Left for dead, stoned, hung upside down, crucified, crucified upside down. They all went through something that didn't say, yeah, Jesus, bring the rocks. Don't touch my eyes. Think about that. So there's some stretching, there's some pulling, there's some changing that's going to happen. We can't get frustrated when God is saying, I'm going to cause you to grow up and mature in me. Somebody say growing pains. Growing pains. Oh, they're going to come. <laughs> you keep living, you keep being a Christian, you keep loving, you're going to have some growing pains. That's why he, say, he says, you pick up your cross and follow him. Because you know what? When, when mom and dad is not seeing eye to eye with me, I have a cross I got to carry. Are you with me? He didn't say walk down the street here carrying your cross. Big old wooden cross down the street. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying, hold fast to me. Know that I am love, that I am the answer, that my, my plans for you is not to tear up your family, but to save your family, to care for your family, to mature your family. If, if you ever, sometimes I think about this, and I don't mind sharing my testimony. When my wife and I first got married, and somebody say, there's a difference between knowing somebody's ways and knowing someone's works. See, I was working my tail off to get her. Guys, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, you was a prince. You was shining. You was full of, you know, you was carrying stuff, opening doors. You were doing all that stuff. Let me let me lay my coat down over a puddle. You were doing everything to win that woman. She's like, oh, man, he's the one. He's great. Look at all the stuff he do for me. Say, do for me. But boy, when she married me, she got into my ways. <laughs> he is always in the way. <laughs> she tapped into how I operate. See, when she got in there, that's when she really fell in love with me. <laughs> my ways are not his. But what if she gets mad in the process of being matured in marriage? What if me, I don't want to step on someone's toes. I step on my own toes. What if in our marriage and me maturing in God in that first year that she opened the car and wanted to get out while the car was moving, 
Now, you can't see it because you say, oh, Pastor Derek prayed for you. No, no, no. There was, uh, there was some growing pains. What if she said, you know what, I'm out for real. What if she wasn't a disciple? What if she wasn't mature in her confidence in who Jesus made her to be? What if she wasn't a praying woman? What if I wasn't a praying man? What if we just, we, we didn't look at each other as goodwill people and good-hearted people, and we've known each other after the flesh because, after all, we just got saved and said, yes, I'm ready to go now? Are you with me? There have to be a discipleship process because in a discipleship, you learn to love like God. You learn to love like Jesus. You learn to lead like Jesus. You pick up your cross and you follow. I mean, there was a time she was like, we're going to church. And I said, I'm, I'm going to the Laker game that's coming on in two hours. She'd get up and say, oh, well, you're going to go by yourself. she leave. The dog and cats get up, they leave. And I'm sitting there watching TV with a remote control like, hey, where everybody go? And eventually I said, you know what? This is what God told me. See, my wife, and she grew up in the church family Love God. God was everything. God, 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 seven days a week. If he can put an eighth day on there, it would have been God again. The ninth day, God again. Their family grew up tabernacle around God. My family didn't do that. We was Easterns, Eastern Christmas. But God began to tell me, if you're looking for your identity to be fulfilled in her, then you're not going to have an identity. Your identity is in me. I stopped trying to get her to do what I want, and I began to look and say, I'm going to do what you want to do, God. And in that, it gave birth to who I am. And it created something different that I never experienced before. It created a fire and a passion to know him even more. He began to fan that flame in my heart, and I began to press toward that mark. And, and, and see, it, it calls me to grow up. Oh, I stopped looking at your gift. I know you rap like I, I blow your mind. That's not my thing. I learned to appreciate the gifts. Some people, I didn't even know he played drums. There's so many different things that, that people are graced and gifted with. And God says, we're going to work together to bring the rain in the earth. It's going to cost me something. Something amazing happens in verse 25. I mean, verse 28. Jesus begins to describe Discipleship like running a business. <laughs> Suppose one of you build. I mean, he's talking about discipleship, but here he's talking about, suppose you decide you're going to build a tower. Which one of you will build without counting the cost? See, see when we say yes, so that's the problem with fire insurance. When I say yes to just fire insurance, I have not counted the cost. I didn't sit down and say, well, what is it going to take? What is my, what, what's the first thing you do when you build something? You got to have a vision, right? You got to have an understanding of where you're going with it. 
Are you with me? So we as believers or we as people have to understand what is it we want. Past being fed, past being clothed, past those things that are necessity to live. What is the thing that your soul really, really wants? See, this will keep you going all the days of your life. If you tap into what is it I really, really want, it'll keep you faithful in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. It'll keep you faithful to the end. If you look at it long term, what is it I want? I want eternal life. Okay, I want to live. That's the thing. You, you want fed because you want to live. You want to have clothes because you want to live. Are you with me? So the thing that everyone have in common here is we all want to live. How long? Uh, is it 20 years, 20 years? Do I want to live 50 years? Or do I want to live forever? Okay, I want to live forever. He says, okay, how do you live forever? Well, I, I don't know. He says, I am the way. He began to tell you, if we spend time and realize what our hearts really want, we'll tap into, he's necessary for all these things. Okay, if, if you're the way, then what is it that I have to do? We'll tap into that. Remember, we start off, what is it I have to do? So you can get saved, get Say, God, I don't want it no more. That's it. I'm going to marry this unsaved person. And we're going to work this thing out and come back. God will say, okay. Remember, he's a gentleman. He started out here in verse 25 saying, if. Meaning that you don't have to follow me. He wouldn't be offended if we all say, you know what, God? I'm going this way. But he said, if you follow me. And then he begins to say, he gives me a free choice. I mean, he's not bullying me into this relationship. He's not forcing me to love him. He said, no, I'm going to make you love me, but it's out of looking at my beauty. It's out of experiencing my heart. See, I made my wife love me. You know what I mean? She couldn't resist all this. You, you put all this in one room. She was slobbering at the mouth. I mean, I mean, he cooks, he's strong, and he can talk. He's neat, he brushes teeth. And he speaks tenderly with me, he washed me with his words. I mean, when everything's haywire in my life, he can quiet the storm. Oh, he's bad. Her eye became single. She ain't have a wandering eye after looking at all this. <laughs> See, you can't be wandering with your eyes. He says, I am the prize. You know, Paul called him the excellence of knowing him. He said, you are excellent. No, the knowledge of God is excellent. Yeah. Out of seeing who he is, you'll sell it all. He said, I count all loss for the excellence of knowing him. He said, I get past all this stuff. I'll put it all on the table. Wife, children, whatever. Come here, give me the dog. I put it all on the table. Are you with me? He tapped into a river that will never run dry. You know that? 
out of your belly shall flow the same river that flow from the heart of God. It's an endless supply of water, glory, love, mercy, grace. It's an endless, you're the only person that can turn that water off. Somebody else can't turn that water off. Are you with me? You're the water man. You can, you can decide if you want to love someone. If you don't want to love someone, you can decide if you want to have mercy. You know, if he keeps mercy for thousands, I surely going to keep mercy for somebody. Amen. As we were singing, Waymaker, Miracle Worker. All I can hear God singing that over your life. You're a Waymaker, Miracle Worker. Your promise keep light in the darkness. Uh, and I was like, whoa, he's, sing he's, calling, he's singing it over me. Uh, my, why, why not? I'm just like my daddy. If Abba does it, guess what? I'm going to do it. And I can't do it without discipleship. Without, disip without discipleship, I'm going to love with conditions. If you love me, I'll love you. If you offend on me, I'll offend on you. If you hate me, I'll hate you. We love with conditions without discipleship. See, Jesus loved because he is love. He wasn't predicated on you performing. He said, I'm going to show up and be love in your life. See, that's how you release the rain, when you bring the party. Each person in here is a party walking inside themselves. People, why is this person humming? He got a party going on. Ain't no music. This man's dancing. He's shouting. He can't even dance. Man, I ain't dancing for you. Are you with me? I remember I sung so loud. They said, man, you need to sing low. So low, no one hears you. I'm not singing to you. See, my daddy in heaven says, shut up. Derek's singing to me. Are you with me? Some of you got that solo session going. <laughs> but he begins to shock them and tell them discipleship is like building a tower. We counting the cost. And then seeing if we have enough to finish. He says, look at your life. It's going to cost this. Oh, I got no problem. I don't really like my mom and dad. Okay, it's going to cost your wife. Oh, well, she's Wednesday and Thursday. Maybe on the weekends I like her. But your children, oh, God, you're stepping on my feet. I, he looks just like me. Anytime he want to do something... I don't care if it's right or wrong, I do it. But, okay, God, you can take that. Okay, it's going to cost you your own life, your own opinion. We all have opinions. God just doesn't want to hear it. He don't mind listening to us. But he said, we're not going to persuade him with our own opinion. God, I know you said loving this person is wonderful, but let me tell you what. Let me tell you about the history of this person. This person right here gets on my nerves. Let me think. God begins to show you his nail-pierced hands. Y'all got on my nerves. But you know what? I never change how I feel about you. You know, for, for me to be able to change God's feelings about how he feels about me means I can control God. 
He loves me because he decided to love me. He going to love me whether I got, see, you notice that he didn't call, the, wait till the disciples were matured before he called them disciples. See, you're waiting to get to the end when God said, just make a heart decision to say yes all the way. When you make a decision to go all the way, he said, I'll breathe on that. When you'll be weak, I'll be your strength. He said, I'll breathe on that, and I can see the end at the beginning. I can call it finished at the beginning if you set your heart to doing it. I use the example all the time. If I turn the thermostat up to 100 degrees, it'll get to 100 eventually. But if I turn it up to only 40 and say, I wanted to get to 100, guess what? It'll never get past 40. See, the hard stuff if you, is you saying, God, this is hard, but I'm going to set my heart to calling it what you call it. I'm going to set my heart to being faithful. Even in my weakness, I'm going to say yes. If my yes is two minutes longer than yesterday, it's two minutes longer than yesterday. Yes, it's a victory. So you're waiting to call yourself beautiful when you're done. Like you were at frozen pizza. <laughs> Put it in the oven. It's hard. You don't want nothing to do with the pepperonis. Everything looks disgusting. You sitting there looking at the microwave, looking at the oven. Come on, cheese melt. You're, God's like, I've already seen the cheese melted on your life. I've already seen the beauty. That's why I call. That's why I say I can call beauty from ashes. He says I can see the beauty in your life, even when you can't see it. You see yourself as undesirable, but I look at you and say, "Boy, you are worth it all." The joy that was set before him, I, he endured the cross. He says, I'm willing to go all the way. Why? Because it's been promised, it's been deeded to me by, by my Father that I will have a bride that loves me. I will have a bride that loves me on my terms. We're all going to be voluntary lovers of Jesus. So you might as well kick your heart doors wide open now. You might as well swing them open right now and say, God, have your way in every area of my heart. My heart is yours right now. Everything that's in my heart that I call dear is yours. Call beauty from these ashes. I don't care if you grew up on the wrong side of the track. To somebody, your track side is the right side. We always find ourselves, oh, if I can only have this. The next person over there, oh, if I can only have what they had. God said, you're all crazy. <laughs> you all need to have what I have. Are you with me? Everything else is uh, it's a loss. It's nothing. Paul said he counted all loss, meaning he don't look at it the same. See, let somebody lose their house. Let's see where your peace goes. Let your marriage fall apart. Let's see where your peace go. Paul said it's all lost for the excellence of knowing him. Are you with me? Somebody say more God. More God. He says in verse 31 and 32, 32 and 33, one of my favorite scriptures here. Well, 31. He says, suppose a king is about to go a war against another king. Won't he first sit down? Sit down. First thing I do is sit down and learn. Sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000. 
If he is not able, somebody say, if he is unable, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. I want you to get an understanding of this. Don't quit when it's hard. Don't run when it's hard. You know what this delegation is? It represents somebody mature and strong and in the things of God. Somebody say, I need a prayer partner. You don't run when it gets hard. You call. Help me, Jim. Help me, Mary. I don't have enough to finish this. Will you agree with me in this battle? Don't quit when they're going to get tough. Don't give up and say, this thing costs me too much. The end prize is everything. He says, I have a kingdom for you. And I will withhold no good thing from them that walk upright. No good thing. The thing you say you'll never obtain, he said, I will not withhold that from you. My son, Mike, six foot four, almost ran into my garage with him. He's trying to park the car. Dad, can, you have, can I have your car? Not yet. <laughs> Doesn't mean he's not going to get one. I will withhold no good thing from my kid. Some things God said, it's going to come with a maturity process, and something's going to come in time, his perfect time. Whatever it is, you got to say, it's not mine yet. Because his promise is to give it. But how many people around this city and around this country that don't have water, they live in a dry system? I mean, you got a halfway decent life. There's some people that only understand fight or flight. They've been running, running, running. And God's saying, I hear the cries of my people. And I'm raising you up to go. You know one thing that Moses never did? When, when God came with the burning bush, let's pretend this is burning. Moses, take your shoes off. Yes, Lord. Is that Lord? Yeah, it looks like the Lord is burning. He didn't say, well, God, let me tell you first about my life on the backside of the desert. You have me tending somebody else's sheep. These ain't even my sheep. They're dirty. They're filthy. They're not even mine. You got me over here caring for all this. You know, I got ran out of the palace. I was full of linen. I was very, I had a great life, and now you got me over here tending dirty sheep. No, no. He didn't say that. He took his shoes off. Listen to what's on God's heart. Well, well, I might not be able to speak well. Don't worry, I got that covered. See, God has everything you need already covered. 
He just needs you to have faith, to trust what he's doing, the direction that he's sending you is from his heart. You got to trust that God is able to perform that which he has spoken in your life, in your ministry, or whatever God puts your hands to your business. Don't give up when your business looks like it's failing. You speak life in your business. You begin to do what God does in your life. You stand up. Don't look at your situation. It might be temporal, but it's subject to change. I can speak destiny out of anything and everything that God puts in my hand. God doesn't make no failure. God makes me a king. You got to speak riches in your kingdom. I'm not a poor king. You know why he said he's Jehovah Jireh? He's going to provide because his name is on the, on the line. He said, I got to do it. I'm a rich king. I'm not just a rich king. I am the richest king. My streets are gold in heaven. You think they're not going to be gold here in your life? But don't get caught looking at the gold, Mr. Hart. I want everyone to close their eyes. God's calling you higher. <laughs> what is it that made you say yes? And what have you given? And what are you holding back? God is asking you, will you extend to him that which you are holding back? Some of you might be your right to feel the way you feel about somebody else. God said, give that to me. You don't know about my dad and mom. Give that to me. He said, I have the wealth that your heart so desire. True wealth is in the heart of Jesus. What is it that made Paul give his life like that? What is it that made John the Baptist say, God, go ahead, take my head off? What is it that causes people to go all the way and even lay their life down? They tapped into something. And God wants to release it over your life right now. If you believe God is calling you to a greater level of discipleship, I don't care if you're at home or you're driving the car. If you're driving the car, pull to the side. I want you to get out and I want you to stand. And if you're here and God's calling you to a greater level of discipleship, I want you to stand to your feet as God mark your heart. And if you're at home and God is calling you to a greater place in him, discipleship, I want you to stand in your living room right now and lift your hands. I just feel that God's going to speak something over your life. Keep your eyes closed. There's no one looking around. It's about you and God right now.
Jesus, would you just draw us deeper into you, God? Come on, if that's the cry of your heart, can you just ask him, Jesus, would you draw me deeper into your heart? Wow, God, teach me to be like you. Our good news for us this morning is that we were not here by accident. That, that we, were, we were here on purpose this morning. We were all set up. Yep. It was a setup. Yeah. He, he, he's making us his disciples, and he, he's, he's making us disciplers, which is good news. Say, that's good news. That is good news. I just want to take one second before we move on out of here. And uh, I think I'm mostly going to talk to our live stream people. I would be, I don't know, there might be. I just want to say this, that, that it is a setup. There's no accident that we're here this morning. And, and people that are listening this morning, it's no accident that you're listening this morning. You know, I believe that, that people, like even on Facebook, for instance, I think people share the video and now it pops up in other people's streams. And I think that there's people that scroll by and see the video and they stop to see what it is, probably because they see, you know, Jonah shredding on the guitar or something. What happens is they click and they get drawn in and they begin to feel the presence of the Lord, begin to fill the room they're in. And so that person, I just want to talk to for one second. If you're in the room, I just want to say this. If you're in the room and you've been far from God, you've been apart from God, maybe you were once close, you grew up in it, and then you took a step back and you decided, well, the churches are back open. I guess I'll try it again or something. Or uh, I'd be really shocked if, if, if someone has, has never uh, grew up in church and they came on a, on a Sunday that has been shut down for a long time, but if you're here, man, I would like to meet you uh, because uh, you are very special. But anyways, uh, listen, uh, I would like to talk to that person just for a second because here's the deal is I just want to be very, very, very real with you for a second if I can. The, the, the way that is apart from God, man, leads to death and destruction, Really, if you, if you want to get real, the heart that's not yielded but the churchgoer, that way is death and destruction. And ultimately, the reality is, is you will end up in hell. It's true, but I got good news for you. I have a different way for you this morning. Yeah, I do. It's Jesus. He said that I am the way, which is I'm very excited about, and you should be excited too. And listen, this is easy. Let me tell you, this is for, for believers. Let me just say, salvation is easy. Let me tell you why. Because no one comes to Jesus except for when the Father draws them. You understand? So if someone's going to come to Jesus, they're coming. He's drawn them. So the pressure's off. So just... Just wanted to throw that out there, but back to my friends who are about to enter into something really wonderful, <laughs> that if you clicked on the video this morning, if you wandered in our church doors this morning, if you decided that maybe I'll go to church and see what happens this morning, man, that it's because you've been drawn by God. 
that he's drawn you this morning. It's the reason you stopped on the video while you were scrolling or whatever. Listen, you've been drawn by God this morning, and you can only come to Jesus if he draws you. And he's drawing all men to himself. And so I'm really excited about it. And I'm really happy about it. And so this is, so this is what I want to do. It's not just fire insurance like Derek said. And can I be honest? I don't know if we can listen to Derek and not get saved again. I just, <laughs> I'm serious, man. Something about that guy, man, he just, it causes you to burn when you hear someone talk with the love of God that's real. It does. And so let's just, can we just do this? Listen, it's not a prayer that saves you, okay? So it's not a, the salvation prayer, the one that's written in the back of your Bible. That thing doesn't save you. Jesus does. Okay? And so listen, how do you get saved? You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, okay? So this is, what we're gonna, this is what's going to happen is I'm going to pray something, and we're just going to have everybody in the room, and in, in your home or in your car or whatever. I just want you guys to repeat it back to me, okay? And so, but let me make this clear. It's not a prayer that saves you. It's Jesus. I'm just helping. I'm just helping you get to Jesus, Okay? So we'll do this, that way no one's embarrassed, and then there's something else for you to do after we do this, but this is going to be, this is going to be awesome. So let's just do this. Ah. Say, Jesus, I was far from you, but I'm coming close. While I turn away from that sinful, selfish life. And I turn to you, Jesus. Come and make your home in me. And come and wash me clean. Jesus, I trust you with my life. I trust you with my family. I trust you with my finances. Jesus, I'll make you Lord and Savior of my life. And now, I am born again. And now, I am a new creation. And now, I am a son of God. And now, I am righteous. And now, <laughs> I am alive. And now, it is not I who live, but it is Christ in me. I am alive. I am alive. I am free. I am washed by the blood of Jesus. Come on, can we just say hallelujah? Yeah, come on, thank you, God. That's good news. Now listen. If, if you are returning home, or if you are entering for the first time, uh, there's something that I need you to do, um, and it feels a little commercial-like, but it's not, okay? Listen, we have a lot of pastors uh, and people that are just full of the love of God that want to take you uh, and help mature you and answer your questions and love on you and meet you and get you connected and treat you like family and probably feed you at some point. Um, and so this is what I need you to do. I need you to text the word Jesus to uh, 614 333 
1101. If you're online, the number's probably on the screen. Uh, if you're in the room, uh, I just told you the number, but it can also be on the screen if you need it to be. So.